Thank you for joining us on the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you little secrets for your big breakthrough. This podcast is designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations about the issues that matter most to you. Now, let's get started. Hello, Overcoming Monday listeners. Welcome to episode 46 of the podcast. Today, we're talking about marriage and specifically blended families. I have in the studio with me today, my husband, Queen King. What's up, everybody? Welcome. Yes, and then Davey and Christy Blackburn. Hey, good Yay. to be here. I can't yes. believe y'all yep. are in our house. I know. I know. It's a gorgeous house. It. This is so awesome. Yep. Great to be here. So I'm just warning you guys, this is an off-the-cuff one. I didn't yeah. plan this podcast out because we saw these guys yesterday and just knew they were going to be in town and knew you guys would want to hear from them. Mm. So yeah. I'm so glad that you guys were able to carve some time out. Yeah. Uh, that you know. So technically, Shari and I started a sabbatical yesterday. <laughs> uh, we both How's got the 12 weeks off. sabbatting going right now? <laughs> yeah, I'm sh- I'm on a Shabbat so hard after y'all leave because we did podcast all day yesterday. And what now does Shabbatting we- look like? I don't know because I've never done it. So maybe you and I can Shabbat together. No. Huh? Hey, what's up? Hey. This is a marriage yep. podcast. Talk about blending families. Hello. <laughs> Come on, baby. We're going to have fun on this one. <laughs> yep. yeah. We're going to talk about blended families today. And honestly, Shari, there's like... Nobody better mm-hmm. uh, than, than Davey and Christy to talk about this with us. You guys, tell just tell us a little bit about yourselves. Yes. We, we know a little bit, well, we know a lot of your story, but man, what a fascinating mm-hmm. way that God has brought the two of you together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you, there's nobody we know better that could talk about how to blend families and you guys are still fresh in it. So mm-hmm. we got a lot yeah. to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And don't forget to tell us about your ministry and yeah, what you guys absolutely. are in. So, Well, currently right now, we have just started and launched into a ministry called Nothing Is Wasted Ministries. Mm-hmm. And so the tip of the spear of that is, is twofold. One, our podcast, the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, where we interview people who have gone through difficult trials, tragedies, or transitions, and they have some story of faith, whether they're right in the middle of it and they're mm-hmm. choosing to trust God in the midst of their pain, or if they've kind of come on the other side of that valley of the shadow of death and they're finding purpose in their pain and even doing ministry out of their pain. And so we get, we like to interview those folks and provide Mm -hmm. inspiration, but the bulk of the ministry now is to move it just from inspiration to transformation and helping people to turn their purpose into, or their pain into purpose. Mm -hmm. And so we're right in the throes of trying to figure that out and doing some speaking and doing some, uh, just sharing our stories, um, you know, around around the country and helping people to find that purpose in pain. Mm-hmm. And um, so a lot of it came out of three and a half years ago. Uh, my late wife, Amanda, of seven years, she was she was murdered in our, our home. And so we um, uh, it left left me with 15 month old son. And so I was a single father for a little while. And then um, in September of 2016, I met Christy. And, um, and she was a single mom of how old was Natalia at the time? Do you remember? When we met three, three. Yeah, she was okay. Three years old. And so for about, I would say six months, I pursued her with Christy, just kind of giving me the stiff arm. <laughs> she didn't want to have anything to do with me. Friends owned me a lot. She was coming to our church and, um, it was just an incredibly providential, uh, web that God led us into where it was about March, late February, March of 2017 that we began dating. 
And um, I found out some some very crazy details within how her story was connected to my story that made us believe, man, God is in this. He's doing something really powerful. Um, it turns out that her stepfather lives in the neighborhood, the really rough neighborhood that we started our inner city ministry into. He'd been living there for 17 years, felt like wow. that was his ministry as well. And so Christy had been serving in our inner city ministry. Um, and then also uh, found out through a conversation with Christy in January of 2017 that not only was he living in that area, but he's also a chaplain for the Marion County prison system mm -hmm. and has conversations regularly to share the gospel with the guys who uh, killed Amanda. Wow. So that was just one of those crazy God moments where we go, okay, God's in the details of this. Mm -hmm. uh, but as we started our relationship, you know, I'm a single dad of uh, Weston was two at the time and she's a single mom of three. And Chris, you can share a little bit about kind of your journey up to that point. Yeah, so I grew up as a PK, and so always in church. And um, when we were at, when we actually met, I was in PA school in the throes of PA school. And what's funny about PA school is most of my friends were single, no kids, and I mean just suffering through anxiety <laughs> because it's like the craziest schedule you can ever imagine. They say that basically you're going to be drinking from a fire hose for mm -hmm. the next two and a half years, and and that's what it was. And so people were always asking me like, how do you do it with a you know a single mom with Natalia and like you just do it. You just yeah. get thrown into it and you do it. And so when we met, it was funny because like all of a sudden my grades were dropping like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it was one of the things where I'm like, okay, God, like this is what you're calling us into. And so graduated from PA school, got my license. And as I'm getting a job offer, I'm sitting here thinking, no, like my kids right now, they have not really seen me. They see me at night when I feed them dinner and put them to bed. And that was it. And so they need a season of security and stability with mm -hmm. me being home. So I decided to homeschool them. It was the best decision <laughs> I've ever made. It's hard. It's, diff it's difficult. It's different for me. That's not typically my go-to. And so yeah. um, it's, been a, it's been a good season right now with them. Well, and part of the decision-making process is for two and a half years, Christy, you know, Natalia was being watched by Christy's mom. And so essentially, Christy felt like Natalia was being raised by her, that mm. she had this very disconnect from, you know, from Natalia. And so she would see her in the evenings. And I mean, she was incredible with it. She'd come home from school. And while most of the folks are in her school, they're 23 years old. Christy's 32 at the time. So major age difference, major life situation mm. difference. Yeah. And so there's not very many folks in this school, which is a rigorous school. This is med school crammed into two and a half years. Not many folks that have kids, and Christy's having to navigate doing this with a daughter as a single mom. And so she would forego studying in the evenings with some of these, you know, her classmates to be able to spend time with Natalia, just the little bit of time that she had, and then start studying when she, you know, went to bed. Oh, yeah. yeah. My motto had to be C's get degrees. And so, <laughs> like, nobody knows with my diploma if I got a C or an A. So I was like, right. and I got an A with my daughter, and I got C's there in class. Go. Yeah. There that's, you go. That's a really good way to look at it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can, you can, um, if you cheat some area, yeah. uh, Andy Stanley says this, choose to cheat at the right things. Right. Yeah. And a C is fine uh, as long as you're passing with an A with your daughter. That's yeah. right. really, really powerful. Yeah, I'm in seminary now. I don't know if you guys know that, but um, not currently right now because we're <laughs> on sabbatical. So yeah. I didn't take a class this semester. But um, Clayton is helping me to see that too a lot because, I, you know, I'm really driven, probably mm -hmm. a lot like you. Mm -hmm. um, never thought that I would homeschool also, which is what I ended up doing for a while. Um, but now I'm studying and I want that A. I just, I want to do well. Oh, yeah. And it's not just the A, it's I really want to make the most of what I'm learning yes. um, because I've waited for a long time to be able to go back mm -hmm. to seminary. And so I'm excited about it. I love what I'm learning. But at the end of the day, I told Clayton there was a couple of times we went on a trip. I forgot I had a quiz. I didn't have my book. 
we get to this hotel. We ate with the pastor and his wife, and I realized I had to turn a paper in that night. So I turned my paper in, but then I saw, oh, you have a quiz, and it's due by this time. Wow. And so I didn't have my textbook. I only brought one of them because they're like 15 pounds. <laughs> and so I bought it online. <laughs> And set, stayed up that night and did my quiz. And I said, well, I don't really know how this is going to turn out. But at least I did it. And oh. we're in ministry. And I'm here supporting you. And wow. I'm just not going to worry about it. But it is, it's hard. It's hard to do two things. Absolutely. Yes. Um, but I am learning. And I'm, I'm growing. And that's the purpose yes. for why I'm in school, not necessarily yeah. the A. And I do have a family. And I have a husband. Mm-hmm. And I have things I'm doing. So it's hard to put things on the back burner when oh, you're for sure. I mean, you driven. think about working in excellence in all things. Mm-hmm. I mean, in scripture, it says that, but I think you have to make a priority. And when I started PA school, they said, you're gonna have to make a priority now. And I said, God first, like it yeah, has yeah. to be a thing. And <laughs> most people stop going to church during that time. It's super busy. You'd rather study on a Sunday than go to church. But I said, no, my daughter needs to know about Jesus and mm-hmm. I have to take her to church and I need to walk in my, my yeah. faith with him too. And so that was a thing. And then my health, you know, they say, put the mask on first before you can put the mask on your your child and so I was like I know I need my health to stay up so I need to work out regularly I need to eat well Mm -hmm. and then my daughter and so I know it sounds crazy to put myself over my daughter but I knew in order for my daughter to be healthy I had to be healthy and then PA school is fourth which is so mm -hmm. crazy to to think of (laughs) but it was and I was like whatever happens happens let's let's go (laughs) well uh, you know one of one of our counselors we have many counselors because we don't believe counseling (laughs) is a bad thing or bad people everybody needs counseling one of our counselors says self-care is never selfish if God is at the center, if Jesus is at the center of that. Yeah. And so if the motivation behind your self-care is, hey, I'm this is a marathon, not a sprint. We've got to take care of ourselves in order to take care of other people. And in ministry, oftentimes, especially with kids and all the things you have going on, you can exhaust yourself mm-hmm. in, in order to help other people at the expense of your own family and your yes. own health. And then you're not in it for the long haul. And so what I loved about watching Christy, even before we started dating, the thing that intrigued me about her is I knew the, the rigor that she was under when it came to PA school. Mm-hmm. And yet I saw her come to our church every single week, serve every single week. So she'd serve a service and attend and a service. Attend a service. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so she was in that complete, I mean, and then she would serve outside of that in our, you know, every other Saturday inner ministry mm-hmm. that was going on. And she was really connected to her daughter. You could tell that they had a very tight relationship mm-hmm. as well as doing this PA school. That's and I just, so it, it made me go, wow, there's something special about this woman that she has her priorities right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she loves the Lord and God's blessing it. I think what, what she saw is this idea that when you put Jesus first, mm-hmm. then he blesses the rest. Yeah. And when you put your priorities p- proper, it doesn't make sense on paper, mm-hmm. but he sent, he tends to expedite your productivity in those things. Yeah. And he'll come through um, in ways. Now you still have to study, you still have to put your, you know, put the work in. You can't just be like, well, cool. I'm just going to go and take this test and <laughs> hope that pray. supernaturally yeah. <laughs> uh, by osmosis thing. Yeah. No, but, but she put the priorities in place and God really took care of carrying her through that. So. Yeah. So we're going to take a break in, uh, in just a minute, but I just wanted to say this, you know, a lot of times in, it's so tempting in our lives to put everything in categories, you know, like mm. this is work, this is God, but we're whole people, and mm-hmm. and um, my actually my last class was on spiritual formation. We talked about the holistic person. Yeah, you are a person who eats and needs to exercise mm-hmm. and needs to sleep and you know needs to have some kind of consummation of um, 
spiritual and intellectual health. I mean, there's, we are not just one thing, you know, and a pastor is not either. And he needs to take care of his health and other people have needs too, but he's not the only one who can meet those needs. And Mm -hmm. so I think that us as ministers or even you out there who might be feeling like all the things of God um, all the ways that you serve, you have to say yes to all of them because God, you're going to earn better credit on God's right. like score, God credit score, right? Let me do all <laughs> these great spiritual things and then God's going to bless me. You know what? God cares about our health mm. and our well-being yeah. and, you know, that you're taking vitamins, that you're getting your good <laughs> sleep, you know, all the things that your mom would say to you. I think that God is saying to you too. Mm-hmm. And so we are whole beings that need yeah. to minister to all everything about us and that's really important you're over here you're the medical professional so i'm guessing you would agree with me so everyone needs to be impressed right that this morning Mm-hmm. You and I did hot yoga. Yeah, we did hot yoga. 5.30 a.m. 5.30 in the morning. Come That's on. right. Did she tell you that? Yes. Come on. And it was my first time back since my double surgery. Ladies and gentlemen, I almost died. I, I barely made it through. I had a gallbladder removed. And then when they went in to take out my gallbladder. They said, hey, sir, you have a hemorrhoid. Like, I mean, not a hemorrhoid. Not a hernia. There's, Very, a there's a difference for sure. There's a difference. A hernia, not a hemorrhoid. Oh my word. Okay, this would be a good time to take a break. Yeah, sorry guys. (laughs) Hey, we'll be back in just a moment and continue our conversation with uh, Davey and Christy about the blended family. And they'll tell us a little bit more about how they have made uh, one big family out of two individual lives that God brought Mm. together with a really cool redemptive story. Uh, We'll be right back. Hey guys, we want to take just a second to invite you to the very first Crossroads Marriage Conference. So on November 1st and 2nd, grab your spouse or fiance and head up to Asheville, North Carolina for a weekend with Clayton and Shari and some of our other friends. This weekend will give you a glimpse into healthy habits you can develop in your relationship. You'll gain wisdom and receive tools to make time with your spouse even more valuable. We're ultimately going to see how God's word elevates marriage as a powerful witness of his love for us. And guys, it is going to be so good. And by the way, this is for all married couples, newlyweds and not so newlyweds. So get on our website at crossroadsmarriageconference.com to learn more about our speakers, places you can stay while you're at the conference. And by the way, Asheville is beautiful this time of year. And to register for only 150 bucks per couple. You seriously can't beat that, guys. So it's Crossroads Marriage Conference on November 1st and 2nd, 2019 in Asheville, North Carolina. We can't wait to see you there. And one last thing, as you may know, Overcoming Monday is a production of Clayton King Ministries, and we're gearing up right now to head into our biggest event of the year, Crossroads Summer Camp. So this is our 24th year of camp, and we are stoked to get to host over 5,000 students this summer in Anderson, South Carolina, for a camp experience we hope they'll never forget. Shari and Clayton will both be speaking all five weeks of camp, so we would love it if you guys joined us in prayer. Pray for the Holy Spirit to move and to change lives and for our speakers and staff to be able to pour out all summer long. And the good news is that you can keep up with all things Crossroads on Instagram at CK underscore ministries, and you can watch all sessions, including Shari's every Tuesday night starting on June 18th on Facebook Live. So like Clayton King Ministries on Facebook to get a notification every time we go live. Okay, back to the show. Welcome back, Overcoming Monday listeners, in case you forgot, which I'm sure you haven't. But this is episode 46, 
and we are talking about marriage and how to blend family. So you guys may not know this, but my mom's been married a few times. My dad's been married a few times. So this whole like parents dating thing is very familiar Mm -hmm. to me. Although, um, when my mom dated, I I was a teenager. So it was kind of Mm -hmm. weird because sometimes the guys who asked her out thought I was her sister. <laughs> it's really, really awkward. Um, but your kids were a little bit younger. So I would love for you guys to talk about, you know, what was it like when you met and then you're thinking, how do I incorporate my kids into this? Or when should I invite them into this relationship? I don't want to do it too soon. All those kinds of things. I'm sure that our listeners are going to want some advice as far as this is concerned. So we'd love to listen to your advice. Yeah. For sure. So, I mean, I can go ahead and start with that. Yeah. So for me, the biggest thing is I've seen so many people like you who went through that, went through their parents dating and it was a really, um, it was a struggle for them Mm -hmm. and it was something that they had to process later on in life. And that was the one thing, Natalia, she was my priority. It wasn't my love life. It wasn't who I was possibly going to marry. And so my fear was that she was going to have the same struggles. And um, I also had a fear that whoever I would marry would not love her mm. like his own. Mm. And that's a really hard thing to ask for of somebody because it, it's not your biological child. You didn't raise them from birth. And so I just remember praying to the Lord saying like, okay, it's me and you. And oh, I don't need a Mary. I don't need Natalia at five years old to say like my mom's boyfriend. I don't need um, this for her. So we'll be good. And I felt like it was a pact that like me and him had made and it was like no it was like a one-way thing like Christy you made it but God brought someone and so when Davey came in the picture I was very very adamant about we are not going to show emotion it's not going to be a thing that they think that we're together this is going to be kind of more of a group thing or a thing that like she sees more as a friendship so it's not mm-hmm. when if if actually I thought like when we break up not if we break up <laughs> but when we break up like she won't even know what she's missing and she won't miss him or Weston. It'll just be like, Oh, just another friend that she just doesn't get to see right now. (laughs) And so that's how I went into it more of like, Hey, let's just be, let's have this huge wall up. And I don't know if that's what I would tell everybody and advise everybody, but there is a protection that you have to do with your kid uh, when presenting someone else in their, in the picture, because it is an, um, an abandonment again, if the, if the relationship didn't continue. Right. And so that was my biggest fear of, I just don't want this abandonment for her after especially after going through a divorce with her so a lot of caution and Mm -hmm. a lot of wanting to protect her i think that's actually really wise you know and i think that sometimes when you talk you remind me a little bit of um how clayton and i first met because i wasn't jumping in you know full force even though he's a great guy i wasn't like "Ooh, yes you swept me off of your feet i was very cautious Mm kind of like when you and davy met Mm -hmm. so i think that's i think that you were probably the same way with your daughter like I don't want to hurt her mm-hmm. and I don't want to get hurt if this isn't what God has for us, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I think, it, and everybody has to walk through that in a different, you know, in their own discernment and their mm-hmm. relationship with the Lord to know when is the right time to bring their kids into this particular situation and, and where the relationship is in the process of that. And there's not a lot of manuals for how to navigate that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I, you know, for us, it was, um, 
it was a unique situation that much of our lives were around each other. And so our kids were going to church together. And so then they would see each other outside of church as well. And then, you know, at the time, because our story was a little bit more of a higher profile story, we decided to date under the table and be a little bit more secretive about it. We invited really close family and friends into that relationship to hold us accountable. But as far as the public eye, nobody knew about that. So here you have our kids <laughs> that they're talking about getting together with, you know, Weston saying, we get together with Natalia the other day. And we're like, oh, hold on a second. So we were trying to discern how to navigate all of that as well. But um, there was an, an element at which Christy had to also, um, as the Lord began to reveal to her, hey, there is something in this relationship, whether it, whether it ends in marriage or not, that you're going to have to trust um, you know, the heart of the person that you're dating. So she had to trust my heart that I also had Natalia's best interest mm -hmm. in mind as well. And that we were communicating about those things together that we didn't want to, um, uh, uh, too early, you know, um, put in some kind of a hope in our kids' eyes and in their hearts, their young hearts, um, that this was going to be something that it, that, that it wasn't, you mm -hmm. know? And so it's, it's so difficult to navigate those wires. I think it's just really important to bring some really close, trusted, safe family and friends in on that to help you navigate that as well. And, and it worked really well until, um, Natalia caught us kissing. Oh, that, okay. So you, you read my mind. <laughs> I was about to ask, did you guys gradually just warm the kids up to it? Or was there like a relationship reveal? I think you just told us. Definitely a relationship okay, reveal. Okay. Gotta hear wow. the story. I don't remember exactly when it was. Oh, I totally remember. Okay. Cause I was let, let Christy tell it. Tell it, Christy. Cause you know. <laughs> so we would hang out and we would put the kids to bed because I mean, their bedtime was like seven so we would hang out a little bit after that and then uh, he would grab his kid or I would grab my kid wherever we were at and then head home for the night mm -hmm. um, and so we put the kids to bed and we thought we we're just gonna watch a movie and we ended up going in the dining room talking and then we just started kissing which is so embarrassing to say like it was we're like in high one of those romantic I like moments I, know. <laughs> yeah, I, I just kind of grabbed her in the corner and I just started kissing her you know and it, we had kissed before so it wasn't like the first kiss or anything <laughs> but it was like just this moment and then and then Natalia just comes around the corner and she goes, I see you. Oh my she goes, goodness. mommy, I see you. And I just like was numb. Like, no, this is ruined. Our covers. Like she now knows this is a, not just a friend. It, oh, it just was your identity so. Identity is blown. The CIA yeah. is pulling you out of the field. Now She's you're coming. sneaky. Totally that girl's blown. sneaky. Uh, yeah. so, so, so what did you so say to her? Cute, when did you, I mean, that kind of, the cat's out of the bag now. So was I that mean, the beginning Davey of sort of the. was like a, like his tail is between his legs. Like, uh, uh, you, I, like uh, he didn't, he didn't want to lie to her, yes. but he didn't want to be like, yeah, we were kissing. Like, it was like, oh, mommy had something on her mouth. Or, <laughs> it was just, <laughs> it was called pheromones. Yeah. Uh, I know. So yeah, I mean, eventually we had to have at least a conversation. Natalia was a little bit older. She's 13 months older than Weston. Mm -hmm. Weston still wasn't really clued into what was going on mm -hmm. at the time. And, he's, age, a boy, and so he's a boy. So he's just blissfully unaware. Yeah. yeah. And Weston's unique experience was that he, after Amanda was killed, he had several different female caretakers, you know? So I had, there were several um, women in my life, namely like uh, Amanda's grandmother, Amanda's mom, my mom, um, that were, that stepped in and really helped. I had a cousin that really watched him while I was working. And so mm -hmm. he had several different caretakers. And so we had 
to be very careful about that as well. I remember having a conversation with my mom to say where, where as we started getting more serious in our dating, she was like, Hey, you need to be very um, conscientious about making sure that those other caretakers are beginning to not permanently exit Weston's life, but be conscientious of the time that he's spending with them in relation to the time he's spending with Christy. So he can begin to see Christy as As mom, mom, as we knew that that was going to be progressing in that way because his unique situation was that, that Mm -hmm. he had lost a caretaker, primary caretaker at 15 months old. And whether Mm -hmm. we like it or not, your God image is formed by the time you're five years old mm-hmm. and it's formed by your caretakers. Right. Mm-hmm. It's formed by the people that, that nurture, nurture you regardless of who those are. And, and regardless of whether that's positive, positive or negative experience that mm-hmm. enhances your God image or, 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 destroys it. And so we wanted to be conscious of that when it came to our kids as well, that there wasn't this, you know, little small things being crept, creeping into their God image that God was one of the, that God was a God that would, you know, be in your life for a little while and, and then, then, and then leave you. Out, and, yeah. you know, so that was a, a, a large part of how we navigate that situation that's so good so what I hear so far is you guys have you know just said let's be cautious because we care about the other child's right. feelings um, second of all you got caught <laughs> and you had to own up to it yep, yep. Um, but I love I love that first of all I would like to hear how, what was your heart toward Natalia? Like, what oh, did yeah. you, yeah, I, I want to know how you felt about her. Oh. Cause I know that you guys are, um, you guys are doing so well right now as yeah. a family and your kids are bonding. And I would just love to hear yeah. each of your hearts mm-hmm. for the other's Absolutely. child. Well, yeah, Natalia, what you need to understand about her is she is a very easy girl to love, mm-hmm. but she also, so here's the thing. Um, if I back up, I, you know, when Amanda passed away, she was pregnant with, and what we thought was, we didn't know, but she had an intuition that it was a, a girl. So mm-hmm. I was starting to get my hopes up about having a daughter. Mm-hmm. And so she was 13 weeks along. And then when Natalia came, came into our life, Natalia was just, she has just got so much spunk and she's so fun and she's and got sneaky and yes. sneaky and, <laughs> and a little sassy. Mm-hmm. So she can both melt your heart and break your heart, like in an instant, you know? Mm-hmm. And so as a, I, it was different because, you know, I'm stepping into this relationship with her when she's three or four years old, as opposed to, you know, she being technically mine, but my heart was immediately bonding with her. And we went on a couple of dates. In fact, our very first date, Christy and I, Mm -hmm. we didn't actually get to go on that date because we had some people in our lives that were like, Hey, it might not be good for you guys to go out in public right now. Mm -hmm. So I had purchased this whole date, you know, like we were going to do the the ballet together. We were going to go to this really nice restaurant. And when, when that wisdom came and spoke into our lives at that moment, I was like, okay, well, will you, and talk to this woman, will you take Christy out on all of that stuff? And I'll take Natalia out. And so our first date, we didn't even get to share. So I took Natalia to build a bear and to Chick-fil-A and just to try to like build a little bit of a bond with her Mm -hmm. and just to watch her eyes light up. It just melted my heart and Mm -hmm. immediately my heart was bonded to her. And I think that was really key because... Um, I, it's like I needed to not just fall in love with Christy, but I needed to fall in love with Natalia too. Yeah. Knowing that I was going to be stepping in and being a father figure in her life, mm-hmm. not the primary one, but a father figure. What bear did she get? Do you remember? Uh, yeah. So we, so she got, uh, we called it Sydney Bell, Sydney Bell. Bell. And so it was the Bell uh, bear, okay, yeah, Beauty and the Beast. Aww. And so she wanted to name it Sydney Bell. So we were like, okay, let's Sydney Does she call you dad? She does. Wow. And she took to that pretty quickly. Um, we left the decision up to them. And on what they wanted to do, even at a young age. And she immediately, before we even got married, when we got engaged, she was like, can I call you dad? You know, and, and, and we wrestled with that because we wanted to honor her, you know, her father as well, who's, who is in the picture. And, um, and so we wanted to make sure that, 
you know, that that wasn't going to create some kind of weird distorted thing in her. But, but where we landed on it was, is it a bad thing for a young girl to have multiple dads that love her? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, because right now in today's day and age, you have a lot of dads who are abandoning daughters. You have a lot of dads who are abusing daughters, who are neglecting daughters. And so for Natalia to grow up knowing I've got yeah. two dads here on earth mm-hmm. that love me, yep. that's going to really help to instill a good, you know, God image mm-hmm. in her. So, and what about you? Uh, and, and how you connected to Davy's son, who is now your son. Yeah, so with Weston, I mean, anyone who has ever seen a picture of Weston, who ever <laughs> been around Weston, I mean, he has, has these cheeks that makes you just melt. Like, he is Aww. just the sweetest boy. And so for me, I mean, I was very aware of the fact that he had um, a, a mom for 15 months that mm-hmm. he was with every single day and that was taken away from him. And so my fear was that I didn't want to be something else that was taken away from him. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I was kind of protective with that, with him for a bit, just still being there for him, being around him. But I wanted to make sure that relationship wasn't going to be something that he depended on. Mm-hmm. Um, so then when it did go towards being engaged and married, um, he took to it really well. He immediately called me mom But as funny as this is, and I feel like if you've gone through childhood trauma, you will understand this. But if you haven't, it doesn't make any sense. But like at first it was a honeymoon stage where he would always want to be around me. He chose me over Davey, um, just wanted to be with me. But then all of a sudden it hit. I have to share my daddy with two other people Mm. in the house. And so he became very possessive and protective over Davey of I only want daddy and I don't want you. And as someone who's gone through childhood trauma and rejection and abandonment, I felt so hurt by a three-year-old and I remember being so embarrassed. And so it actually made me feel like I started putting walls up to protect myself from from, from a a three-year-old. And and one day I just, I kept on praying through it. I'm like, Lord, he needs a mom, whether or not he's going to, because this is his protective mechanism as well. And so I remember just saying, as much as it's going to hurt me, Christy, darn it, you just go and love the heck out of this (laughs) three-year-old boy. He needs a mom. And so the moment I did that, yeah, it hurt so bad. But like now we have this amazing relationship where it actually, he doesn't want daddy. He wants (laughs) mommy and he wants to sit next to me. And I mean, I, I used to cry about it all the time. And just now I cry about how close we are. And so it's the sweetest relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Clayton and I have actually had that with our boys, just stages Mm. of them liking one of us or the other. And I think especially there was a period of time where Jacob was in school in the beginning. Mm. He went to school through second grade. So when Clayton traveled and I couldn't go with him, I felt like I carried everything. Mm. So when daddy came home, it was like, oh my gosh, he's the most awesome (laughs) thing ever. And, um, And I'd let them stay up so they could see him. And then they'd spend time together. But then if Clayton left the next day, I've got the grumpy kids and I'm doing all the discipline. And that was hard. You know, they, I don't think they loved me quite as much at that time. And I said, this isn't really fair because I get all the bad and you Mm. get all the hate, (laughs) you know, which I think, um, a lot of other moms I've heard express that I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm with the kids all day and daddy comes home and sometimes. So I think in parenting, it's weird because you want your kids to love you. And when they decide they like the other one more, (laughs) right. Hey buddy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I remember, um, this is a funny story that I've told quite often, but my brother's just this, um, super fun, like lovable kid just jumps on people's laps, super affectionate. And I'm not like, I am affectionate, but I'm not just going to like grab someone I don't know and give them a giant hug. It's not, I have to warm up a little bit more, you know? And so when I was younger, we would go visit my great grandma who was already getting grumpy. And my grandma took me in there and she's like, will you brush her wig? And, and will you brush her dentures while I do the dishes? (laughs) And I'm like, 
like who does that? So I went in there and did it out of love, right? So then I come out and I go, have you all ever seen those bead curtains? Yeah. Okay. So my great grandma had some of those bead curtains and I go through the bead curtain curtain and I walk in and my, my brother's sitting on my great grandma's lap watching National Geographic, just like sitting with her loving her. And she looks at me and she's like, look at him. Don't you wish, I wish you would love me like he's loving me. And I wanted to be like, yeah, well, he's not brushing your dentures. You, know? you um, have told that story oh, for 22 man. years. You got a little bitterness it's, in it's your heart. Damn me. I'm like, not everybody loves the same way, uh, you know? Or, yeah. I don't really know. But like, sometimes those things can hurt when, And, and you yeah. know, what you're really talking about is just the, uh, we, we had a moment eating uh, muffins in our kitchen before mm-hmm. we came in the studio here. Uh, where Christy, you said I'm a seven. What'd you say? Seven six wing. wing? Six. Seven yeah. six yeah. wing. And then immediately I was like, Oh, she's speaking our language yeah. because your yeah. last season was on the Enneagram. Yeah. And uh, a lot of this is personality based. Right. So the two of you come together. You you not only fall in love. Both of you have been married previously. Now you're getting remarried to each other, mm-hmm. and your personalities are at play. You're a three. I'm mm-hmm. a three. So I 100 <laughs> percent connect with you and understand you. But then you have children. And right. they have Something. personalities. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And the nature-nurture argument is fascinating to me, but there are some parts of a ch- of a person's personality that God hardwires in them yep. that will never change. It will morph and grow. How have you seen, this is the question I've been wanting oh, to wow. ask, your two children mm-hmm. interact as they go from being strangers, then they go to church together and yep. they play, then they find out mommy and daddy, oh, they love each other right. and they're going to mm-hmm. get married. Now we're brother and sister. <laughs> How has that dynamic oh, in a blended man. family situation worked out? It's got to be, it's got to be fireworks. Oh, it's yeah. hilarious. Wait, you guys have been married for a year. I don't think uh, we Just over a year. Just over yeah, a year. So okay. December of 2017 mm-hmm. is when we got married. And yeah, it's, it's unbelievable because I feel like God's grace is on that relationship between the two of them because they play just like brother and sister. They mm. consider themselves brother and sister. Well, I watch your Insta stories and, and I feel like I am in your home. Yeah. I'm almost kind of like a creeper. I don't know how much I, uh, but I see them playing with each other. Yeah. They unreal. look like best buddies. But they also fight like brother and sister. Yeah. And what, one of the things that's been really awesome is Christy actually noted this early on in our relationship. There were times that they would begin to argue the two kids and I would want to step in because mm-hmm. I'm like peace in our home, mm-hmm. harmony, like whatever we need to do. Let's let's we, we need, you know, to we, there shouldn't be conflict between the two of you guys. And that's not right because mm-hmm. the only way you can learn conflict resolution skills is by entering into that conflict doing it, and yeah. doing it and allowing them to kind of work that out with each <laughs> other. And so Chrissy's like, let them work it out. Let them duke it out for a second. And then we would observe them and watch them and they have better conflict resolution skills between the two of them than we do. They're teaching teaching us how to conflict resolve because one of the natures of not just blending a family, blending a family makes things a lot more complicated, but when you marry later on in life and you're bringing with you all of this history together Mm -hmm. and you have these set ways, these like neuropathological ways of mm-hmm. routines that you've done things for so long. And even when you're in previous marriages, how you learned how to negotiate those previous marriages mm-hmm. and the roles that are in those marriages and the rules that govern your household. Mm-hmm. And you worked your way to, to do that. And then all of a sudden you have a life traumatic experience like a divorce or a death. And then you're re then you're trying to survive for a couple of years as a single parent. And then you're re-entering into another relationship. It's a lot of change and a lot of transition. And so it requires a lot of conversation and a lot of just 
shedding of the old and realizing, yeah. wait, this is a new foundation. This is a new season. We've got to reinvent and refigure out with each other what this looks like. And yeah. so for our kids, it was the same thing as helping them to foster that, that, hey guys, this is a new season and a new adventure in their language, the way that they can understand that and helping mm-hmm. them to learn how to, you know what, this is what brothers and sisters look like. I know that they're annoying you right now, but this is family. And whether yeah. whether we annoy each other or not, we're, we're with each other. With each other. We're stuck yeah. with each other and we learn how to negotiate these yeah. things. And I think one of the biggest ways that we've had to, and that it's been hard for our kids, but we talked about how, you know, before Christy's priority was her daughter, we both had to step into a season before we got married where we had conversations about this, where we realized when we get married, our priority, our new priority, second to our relationship with Jesus each is going to be each other. Yeah. And and then this this child that we have protected and loved in the midst of their trauma, that's going to become in some ways subservient to or inferior to that relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. And that's how the priorities are going to cascade because they need that stability. They yeah. need mom and dad. Yeah. They need to know we're on a team. The and you same can't, side. You yeah. can't, can't, divide can't divide. Exactly. Yeah. You can't, Natalia, go to mom and kind of, you know, play the the card there because daddy's, you know, doing something that, that maybe you don't, you don't like. like or vice <laughs> yeah. versa, Weston, you know, that kind of thing. And so, I think so even, even with that, like just to be fully real and honest about I mean, it hasn't just been perfect the whole entire time. Like it actually has been really good. I feel like God has put his blessing over our marriage and our family. But um, in the very beginning, Natalia would always at nighttime just say, mommy, I miss our apartment. I want to go back. And like for a four-year-old at the time, the only way she can fully describe, like I'm sharing you with two boys now. Like I don't have just me and you. We used to say mama baby team Mm because I just wanted to know like we're surviving this. We got this. We're a team. And now it's actually, we actually call ourselves Team Stinky because these stinky. these kids stink um, as well as me. Yes. So we all have something on us that stinks, and so we're like, well, we're just Team Stinky. <laughs> and so now I'm like, it's not bo- Mama Baby Team anymore. Like God bless us, we have two more people. It was so hard for, her, and now she never talks about the old apartment. Mm. And Weston, his way of explaining to us like how he was struggling with it is he just had heightened emotions where he couldn't control his crying yeah. and hyperventilating crying. And we would say, what's wrong, buddy? And he would just cry and say, I don't know. And so here I am crying with him, like, I don't know what to do for you. And so we've met with counselors. We had to meet with a grief counselor um, who deals with trauma, specifically of a loss of a parent for a child. And he, we just told him all the things that Weston, it just doesn't seem like normal for a four-year-old at that point. And he said, that's actually all what happens when a caregiver is ripped away from somebody. Mm. And so he just gave us different ways. And some things that he told us was just, you have to attune to your kids with yeah. their love language <laughs> and Weston's physical touch. And so whenever, whenever something would happen, I would have to put him on my lap and just look hold at him. him eye level and touch him and hold him and just say, buddy, I love you, yeah. but this is not what Blackburns do. Right. And so before mm. I'd be like, this is not what Blackburns do. And he just couldn't get it. He just mm. felt like not loved. Yeah. And now he's like, he gets it. He can control his emotions and he's able to self-regulate, which a four-year-old boy really can't, but he can now, which is so neat well, to they see. Taught us, we went to this three-week-long ministry renewal and counseling retreat, and they had a childhood specialist there for trauma, and they taught us so many good things about attuning to our kids in the midst of this. And I think sometimes when you think about, you know, 
for growing up, it was kind of like, Hey, we're, you know, and, and my parents are incredible parents. They're like it created an incredible home, pastors, kids. But what I didn't want to do by attuning to my kids too much is to enable my kids. I feel like sometimes you can like kind of slip into the other side of the pendulum and go, well, I'm just like attuning to your emotions and I'm letting you kind of carry out these Almost emotions enabling. that should yeah, exactly yeah. that should not be carried out. But what we realized we were doing in that is that we were creating this wall by going, no, stop, don't do that. Blackburns don't do that kind of thing. And that was not healthy at, at all either. That was mm-hmm. on the other side of the pendulum. And so one of the things they told us is, is they said, it, the, you boil things down to parenting by answering two questions for your kids. And I, and I think this comes from like a, a David Allender or something. Is that the right name? Is that I what I'm thinking? So. David Allender? Okay. Yeah, it sounds familiar. And it is a powerful, when you think about these two questions, answer these two questions for your kids. And this is blended family, not blended, whatever. It's, uh, they're asking the question, do you love me? Mm-hmm. We have to answer that question based on their own personality. Yeah. Based on how they receive love. And it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah. So it requires that we learn what that is. We, we try to practice taking our kids out on dates where, you know, I'll take Natalia on a date and try to connect and, and vice versa. And then we'll swap and, and we'll try to, we try to put that practice in place as much as possible, mm-hmm. but it's a tuning to their part. Do you love me is the first question. The second question is, can I always get my way? Mm-hmm. Wow. They're asking those two questions. And our job mm-hmm. as parents is to answer within that tension. Yeah. Of, I love you so much. And here's why I love you because, because Jesus loves you and mm. Jesus has shown me how to love you no matter how you treat me mm. as a four year old or whatever. But at the same time, you're not going to always get your way. Mm. Yeah. So it's yes and no. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. I love you. No, you cannot always have your yep. way. Yes. That's so good. I love that advice. Um, I can actually see that in our kids. Joseph has a hard time expressing himself verbally. So he mm. would just cry and I never I'm knew what was yeah. going on. So I would just have to go over to him and tell him I loved him. Do you need anything? And then sometimes just have to, he, I have to leave and just let him cry it out mm. and they stand up and just be fine, you know? <laughs> and Jacob, I would almost have to shake him and say, I love you. Do you hear me? Get through your head that I love you. I'm not going to throw you on the side of the road because you do something wrong. I mean, you know, so kids are so interesting how they respond. It really is. Um, but we've loved having you here on the podcast yeah. today. I wanted to ask, do you all have any one last nugget that you lo- that you want to give our listeners before we go? Oh, man. Yeah, anything that you've Baby learned, anything? a mistake you've made, the golden nugget of wisdom for blended families. I mean, I feel like there has been, honestly, we could we could keep talking yeah, to you guys for another for sure. two hours about this. Next time you're in Anderson, please, please, please yeah. let us know. We'll, we'll have you back on. Yeah, that'd be fun. You know, one thing that comes to mind that we actually heard from someone that we had on our podcast, uh, The Stumps, they just said this, like, because they blended families too as yeah. well. It was a 5, 7, 9, and 11-year-old that they had a blend. Wow. Yeah. And they just said, you know, we can, we can say, oh, let's handle this trauma. Let's handle this with them. Let's handle this behavior. But the main thing that they really wanted to handle was the fact of, do my kids love Jesus and are, yeah. are they walking with him? Right. And so they just said, if you get that right, there's so much grace that covers all of yeah. it. And, and at that ministry center that we went to for the retreat for counseling, they said, God's grace covers it so much that only 35% of the time you have to get it right for a kid to feel loved. <laughs> wow. Like that's a low percentage. It's like, like that's baseball. Yeah, and you're like in the hall of fame. Yes. <laughs> you're a hall yes. of fame. I'm like, I can do 35%. Like, yes. That was so encouraging. Cause as parents, we get it wrong all the time. And Man. you're like, well, you know what? Jesus's mom lost him. So let's, right. you know, yes. that's exactly right. The son of God's mom <laughs> left him behind and didn't notice he was missing until two days later. Exactly. So, I think it's just important to recognize that, communication is key, constantly communicating, trying to invite your kids to communicate to you. We have this feelings chart 
that have faces all over us, like emoticons mm-hmm. all over. And we try to help them understand, hey, what are you feeling today? If there's mm-hmm. some feelings that are awry, we try to make it a practice of that. Like, what? show me what you're feeling. Let's talk about this. And then we can help them to understand, okay, understand what you're feeling, but, but here's the facts of God's word. And here's mm-hmm. how to make your feelings subservient to the facts of God's word. But they need to be able to express their feelings. Yeah. And we need to communicate about that all the time. And then from there, recognizing that every season changes. We literally mm-hmm. just had a conversation oh, on the yeah. way down here going, okay, what we've been doing, the way that you have been approaching Weston and I have been approaching Weston, let's actually flip that for a season. Let's mm-hmm. figure out a different way. Let Why don't I um, really focus on being more of the disciplinarian for Weston? Because that's that's kind of fallen on your plate as a homeschooler. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like it's creating something that we're not liking what we see in Weston right now. So let me, why don't you help me to know how to discipline him a little bit better and we mm-hmm. can, and so it's just communicating those things and negotiating those things to make sure that they mm-hmm. feel again, loved yeah. and that they know they're not going to get their own way. Yeah. Well, those are so, so good. Everything, all the information that you guys have given us have been so good today. And I know that, um, one thing I would say with my podcast is that they've received little secrets for their big breakthrough. Hmm. They've had a lot um, of little secrets today. Yes. Today has been so good. So hey, tell, tell us what? about how to, how to get like, how can people connect with yeah. you? Guys? Yeah, absolutely. So I have an Instagram account that's just, it's christy.blackburn.niw. And then we also have another Instagram account called Nothing Is Wasted Ministries. Mm-hmm. And then all of my social media is Davey Blackburn, D-A-V-E-Y Blackburn. So Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and um, DaveyBlackburn.com as well as we're building a brand new website right now for NothingIsWasted.com. We'll be releasing here pretty soon. Yep. We're super excited about it. We've got a bunch yep. of mock-ups and stuff. Get It's like, whoo, we're pumped yes. about it. So. so if you guys are interested in having them come to your event or your mm-hmm. church mm-hmm. or whatever it is that you might be having that you feel like their story can reach out to your audience or to the people around you, you can get in contact with them through their website. And um, I hope that you guys have a great day and please go to iTunes and Spotify and rate this podcast. We live on your ratings. Not totally, but kind of really love them. And, uh, and we want to, I want to thank you, James, for being in here and producing this with Clayton King ministries productions by James. All right. right. Yeah. (laughs) Have a good day. Thanks for being with us. We're thankful that you chose to listen to Overcoming Monday, a production of Clayton King Ministries. This podcast happens because of you, and there are three ways that you can help us reach even more people. One, be sure to share us with your friends and follow Shari on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ShariKing99. The second way is that you can also make a tax-deductible donation to Clayton King Ministries, a 501c3 nonprofit at claytonking.com give. And third, of course, subscribe to our podcast. Get on your favorite podcast platform and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And for more encouragement to move you forward in your faith, check out Shari's amazing blog at shariking.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope that we've given you something to help overcome this Monday.